is William Del Pilar, and this is Points on the Board, and I'm here with my co-host, Eddie Aparicio. Eddie, before we get going, let me take care of business that the producer jumped on me for last week. Where can you find us? At www.grumblingsmedia.com. Does anybody ever say www anymore? Grumblingsmedia.com. It's our new website. If you want to see these beautiful mugs, you can check us out on YouTube and Rumble. If you're a traditional podcaster, you got to go to Apple. And there's also Google and Joe Rogan's Spotify and Pandora. Eddie, you're not feeling up to it, so we and the audience, thank you for coming on. So what is it? Rich man's disease gout still getting you? <laughs> it is, man. You know, but, you know, we, we talked a little bit too much about this old man stuff. But, yeah, I, I've been dealing with this thing for like four weeks now, man. And it's, a, uh, you know, the thing is, I, I think I aggravated a little bit because I went to go play golf on Saturday. I actually was thinking about canceling, but I decided to go and play, man. And, and actually was doing pretty good. I took a couple of lead tablets in the morning, and I actually did okay considering all the, all the factors. But when I got home, man, I don't know, maybe because I hadn't walked realistically like in three weeks, that it just aggravated my joint. And, man, I've been in pain ever since, man. So, And it's funny because I've been really watching what I've been eating, man. I've eaten nothing but vegetables. I've eaten, I haven't even had a drink of any alcohol. You know, it's like, man, I've been doing it, but yet I'm still dealing with it, man. So, yeah. So, anyway. But I played golf. I had a good time. Like I said, my game was a little bit all over the place. You know, I'm usually crap. You know, I, I really can crack the ball big time, like over 300. But... I was oh, probably around. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not a golfer, so when you say crack the ball, you're talking about a drive, drive. yard drive. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I've That's had actually. You know, I, I I usually win the long drive in in I, I I'm in a couple of uh, uh, golf clubs and I usually win it if I'm if I'm down the center I usually win it because I I can hit the ball again unless something you don't know about me but when uh you know I used to be a baseball player I still have kind of a baseball swing unfortunately but. Uh, I've, I've hit drives, uh, 365. I've done it like twice. Um, wow. so, and you know, actually one guy actually told me a long time ago, he saw me, you know, on the course and he's like, Hey man, uh, I can get you in the, the long drive contest, but we just got to get you like a special form club. You know, we can fit it for you this and that. And I'm like, Oh yeah, maybe, maybe not. I never took him onto it. I just decided, but you know, yeah, I can hit the ball, but not this week, man. I, you know, cause I'm, I'm ailing. My left foot is the one that has it. <laughs> So I really can't really get all my, you know, my hips into it because it's hurting. So I have to kind of take a baseball swing and do an uppercut, and it doesn't go as far. So anyway, but well, how about you? I, well, I, how about well, you? With me, I've got, I've got a foot problem. I think i got a small fracture at the top of my foot. It's oh. been bugging me for about a month, and oh. uh, but then it goes away. Then I'll go work out, and it comes back. So, you know, since COVID, I shouldn't say this, but I really haven't gone to the doctor. I got angry at my doctor during COVID. Oh. So... You know, to the audience, you know, I look younger, but I'm an older guy, and it's time for the old finger. Oh, <laughs> no. But the colonoscopy. So I oh. call. This was, this was oh, okay. years ago. So yes. I call, and the doc doesn't want to see me. He goes, oh, but we can Zoom. And I said, but you're going to charge me to Zoom, right? And, it, you know, I have issues, so it doesn't matter. But I'm pissed off at the uh, – what, what's the saying? You're not pissed off at the vamp, but the uh, – uh, 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 the whole well, issue, the the, uh, sure. the, I mean, you're a doctor. Right. You took the Hippocratic oath. You're supposed to see me, but here you are running scared with the virus with a 99.9 percent recovery right. rate. I was like, screw you, <laughs> yeah. So all these doctors that refuse to see their patients, go bleep yourselves. First yeah, of all, I... you broke your oath. Two, it was a 99.9 percent recovery rate, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had I caught COVID. 
You yeah. know, you don't right. need yeah. a, uh, you didn't need an unknown virus with who knows. We didn't know what was in it, Eddie. People right. conveniently forget that. Tell me, Eddie, you know, uh, have you ever seen a commercial for a drug on television where the first 20 seconds hypes up the uh, drug and then what does the next one minute and 30 seconds do with the drug? Talk about the side effects. <laughs> exactly. So I'm thinking, they're not telling us what's in this. I was like, oh. Right. At that moment, I was, I was like, no jab. Because when it was first coming out, my first question was, well, will it keep us from catching corona? That was my first question, which wasn't answered. Which is and what a vaccine do, by the way. A vaccine exactly. supposed to keep from getting Exactly. This. Yeah, this is really a treatment. Exactly. It's a symptom reducer is what it is. It's not really a vaccine. It's a symptom hey, reducer. I'm sorry. I'm a layman, I'm not a medical science, but at 99.9% recovery rate, 997 with the old folks, damn, we're getting there, aren't we? <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you shouldn't be putting crap in your body that you don't know what the effects will be. That's my belief. And I used to be silent on that, Eddie, but no more. Too many people are dying. Too many young kids are falling, having cardiac Absolutely. arrest and dying. Hey, so, by no. the way, you, so, you, so. You, know, you know DeMar Hamlin, he had that heart attack on yeah. the field. Yeah. And he, got, hey, and he, he actually got shut. Out. You know, they, they they censored him because he was actually going to say stuff about right. what 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 really caused it. It was actually a vaccine, is what he they 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 think could have caused that. And there's been a lot of more instances like this, but the media doesn't want anything to do. They don't want to talk about this because big pharma doesn't want to have people know about this. And, and, big. and yeah, no, I was just gonna say I will leave it at this. Big pharma supports cable. Cable, talking about the, the 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 political news shows, they are 75% supported by Big Pharma with those commercials. So, of course, they're not going to say anything. Oh, and absolutely. six corporations own most of, like, 300 media outlets. You know, people need to realize it's not conspiracy theory. It's being informed and being involved. Sure, who doesn't love how big Kim Kardashian's butt is? And how many men will tell you, yeah, that's 48 inches or whatever. I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out there. Yeah. But then you ask you ask them about the new law that's going to screw them over harder than anybody could Kim Kardashian. And they'll look at you, huh? What? Yeah, I, I didn't know. You hey. know so, so I get aggravated at American stuff. Anyway. I'm, hey, real quick, yeah, real quick. I don't Before you get into what we're going to get into, one thing I, I want to tell you a quick little one-minute deal so when i got when i actually when i had uh, uh when when the vaccine craze was going on my work actually forced me to do it because they were forcing people to do it yeah. to comply yeah. right or else you kind of don't you can't have access to the building this and that so i went to yeah. through a, fr a friend of mine and i went to an online doctor to get to get prescribed ivermectin so i actually got ivermectin and i took really? it yeah yeah i got and the thing is the whole the whole uh, industry was you know or the media was trying to hype this thing as like a, a horse dewormer you know like they're trying to like poo poo this thing and this is like a, a nobel prize winning drug that's a, a yes. no virus you know a killer yet you know the, the the media didn't want anything to do about talking about this because you know why they don't make money off of this ivermectin is like real cheap and you know there's no money to be made on it but with the vaccines big time money so i got all kinds of crap for doing this and the doctor that actually prescribed this to me 
he had told me, and I was like, oh my God, this guy's going to get in trouble. He was like, there is no way in hell I am going to give my child that vaccine because there's, we have no idea what's in it. This is craziness what's going on. And I'm like, this medical doctor's actually prescribing, telling me all this stuff. I, I was like, I was, I was like, man, we got to get this guy on TV to tell everybody about this. But sure enough, if any people were losing their jobs, my, per, my, my, my actual doctor who treated me for Lyme disease, she didn't want to... He was prescribing ivermectin because the the people were actually the the big pharma was actually targeting doctors who were actually prescribing ivermectin. So anyway, right. quick little aside. Uh, I'll leave this with my one minute story. So I did fundraising for the Alzheimer's Association. My uh, what I call my brownie points to get into heaven. <laughs> so I did fundraising <laughs> and. Uh, I was on the fundraising side, not the medical side, and the Alzheimer's Association is built for the caregivers. But we put on tons of events for the caregivers, and the caregivers are is the first defense. They're the ones who eventually make the medical choices for, for the individual with Alzheimer's. There was a farmer rep outside my door once a week just to say hello. And I'm on the fundraising side. Uh, I was the number two person on the marketing team. My boss was was handled everything. I was like her, her right-hand man. And uh, my point is, it's just... It's, it is. It's a conspiracy theory that's true with every tale you hear about Big Pharma. They yeah. want to own the world and telling you what you can and can't take. And at the end of the day, medical business is a big business because it's a lobbying. Uh, it's, it's pushed by the lobbyists and they right. get a lot of breaks in D.C. I know this firsthand working in the industry than being a politician. So it's scary stuff. And and always ask questions to people. Your doctors are not always right. right. How many people were doctors responsible for killing them by putting them on ventilators? Turned out that was one of the worst decisions you can make with a COVID patient. You know. Anyway, enough right. of that. Let's get to it, brother. Because yeah. we can talk all hey, about it. I hope we don't get shut down for all this controversial jabber. I know, I know, I know. So, so tonight, my friends, it's our typical... Uh, outline we're going to talk and uh, the power rankings some fantasy and some basketball but eddie and i just for y'all to know are always in the background scene trying to figure out how to shorten the power rankings because we love talking football but we know sometimes we get into the weeds so we're going to keep doing our best to kind of make that more generalized for you guys but eddie man it was one of the most exciting weeks i have seen in years in in the NBA. Let's talk a few storylines here real quick. First of all, Daniel Jones, ACL tear. Is he done in New York? One and two. What do you think the Giants, I mean, what are they playing for now? I mean, do they have even, I mean, they're, they're, they're what, two and seven or something like that? Uh, what are your thoughts? You know, I think that the, the coach is trying to play for his job, honestly, you know, because, you know, unfortunately, the, 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 that team was better than, than they, than they are showing right now. But I think that first game of the year against the Cowboys, we thought that was kind of an aberration. Like, no, wait, there's are the Cowboys this good or are the Giants this bad? And at the time, we were thinking, eh, it's the first game. Giants, you know, they'll get it together. They were a playoff team last year. They play hard for this coach. And now they're like a shadow of who they were in the past. And, you know, maybe maybe this is Daniel Jones's last hurrah at New York. I mean, the poor guy always gets hurt. And, it's, and it yeah. supports, you know, your, you know, what you're saying that, you know, a, 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 a running quarterback doesn't really survive in the NFL. They have to learn how to be pocket passers. And, you know, he definitely relies on his, his legs more than his arm. And, and, and he got this big contract. But now, you know, yeah. 
New York is going to be hurting now. So I think that, you know, Brian Dable is playing for his job. I think he's going to try and win as ga many games as possible because he sees the, the writing on the wall if the, if the team doesn't turn it around. So that's, that's my call. I think they're going to try and win as much as they can. If they not, then they're going to do what the commanders did and just do a fire sale on, on, on some of their key players because they have decent players on their defense. And, of course, Saquon Barkley, you know, a team will want to get him, especially a playoff team that needs a good running back. You know, a la right. maybe Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks potentially, you know, someone like that or, 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 or other teams, you know, in that nature. So, but anyway, so that, that, that's my role. That's, that's my, uh, my, my, my response to your question. What I think will happen he has a fully guaranteed contract for next year. So if they draft a rookie, he'll sit the bench and Jones will play it out. Maybe eventually down the season, they'll replace Jones with the rookie if they feel it's right. But they're going to be stuck with him for next year. And it's going to be a make it or break it year for Jones because, as you said, if they go for, uh, as we say, I said, if they go for a rookie, then he's on his way out of New York. And, right. and I think he, I think he'll probably do better. I think Dayball's a bully. You see it on the sideline. Uh, I've been watching football since the mid-1970s as a, a – as a, a five, six-year-old kid, and uh, those coaches don't last. You see them. You, uh, the only way those type of coaches last, like the Bill Parcells, is because they've got rings, baby. Parcells right. had two, you know. Right. And yep. uh, Debo has nothing. So what I'm seeing is a bad team with the Giants. But I'm putting all that, not as much on the players, but that coaching staff. And they all started to believe their hype in the preseason. This was the first preseason, maybe because of social media, where I saw so much on social media where they're putting an onus on on how good their team was going to be based off the preseason. And I'm thinking, are you idiots? Uh, yes, you are. You know? But but I think that's what's going to happen. And I don't think Dabo's playing for his job. I think he's going to be given a pass this year. But next year he will be. What about Cam Akers? Traded to the Vikings. First of all, they get Cam Akers. You know, then Cousins gets hurt. Then Jefferson gets hurt. Now uh, Cam Akers gets hurt with another Achilles. What are your thoughts? You know, this is something that you you pointed out last week in our podcast that this Achilles injury has kind of become like this new epidemic in the NFL, and it's been actually been going on for quite some time. But yeah, you know, to, it seems to support your your argument. That, you know, in the last two to three weeks, we've had multiple. It started out with Aaron Rodgers having the first one, right? So, right. Uh, you know, it, it you know, it, unfortunately, Minnesota has just got some bad luck. But I got to tell you that that boy Joshua Dobbs, man, he showed up. You know, with only you know five days of practice or whatever he did, and he, I don't think he knew everybody's name on the team. He was just out there, just ro rolling with the punches and just you know improvising as he went, and he pulled out that win for the Vikings. So that was very, very that was a legitimate uh, showing by 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 Joshua Dobbs. But that that team is snake bitten, unfortunately. You know, Justin Jefferson out with the hamstring. Then you got Kirk Cousins who you know got you know uh, his Achilles. You know, tear, and then you got Cam Akers in the same backfield. You know, the quarterback and the quarter and the running back both have you know the same same injury. You know, fortunately for Minnesota, Cam Akers was more of a supplemental running back. You know, Alexander Madison is the main running back there. So, but that 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 team is 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 snake bitten. But you know, they have something to 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 play for. I mean, it's Joshua Dobbs. We'll see what he could do next week. But they you know they expect to have Jefferson back at some point, and you know they're not out of it. They're not out of it. They, they they still can play for like a, a wild card spot and who knows what i mean this guy showed up if he has another week with the playbook and his improvisation skills you know and the guy the, the best receiver in, in, in football coming back hey you never know you gotta roll with it you gotta see what you got you know uh 
uh, you know, I'm very politically active, very politically involved, and I get into the tribalistic, meaning the blacks, Latinos, and whites. And one yeah. reason I get so angry is because when I see Joshua Dobbs, I see the American dream. That's the kid who doesn't have the talent of the elites or even the middle of, of the road players, but yet he's been thrust into situations that we dream of as a kid. And it didn't come through with Tennessee. It didn't come through with Arizona. But right. by God, if this is the best game he's ever played, this by is far. one of the greatest memories he will ever have. I mean, how many times, Eddie, have we been as kids, any child uh, uh, in America, with that football, you know, <laughs> fantasizing about being this player, that player? Yeah. Oh, Super Bowl win, catch Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Last play it, the it game. wasn't this, right. yeah. It wasn't the Super Bowl, but that's the kind of game he had. And that's what I tell people. That's what you strive for. He's never quit. He could have rolled it up and said, well, I'm just not good enough. They don't want me. Been a victim, been whiny, do this. But instead, he played through it. And he's not becoming a multimillionaire, but even the lowest salary people earn six figure. He's earning bank, but you sure. cannot help but root for the kid. I want to talk about him a little bit more when we get into the Minnesota Vikings and the power rankings. But I just... That, that to me is the greatest feel of the story. And the reason I, I said politics is when I talk to people, that's what I tell them. I said, look, man, this is a country where if you work hard, you will achieve success. I said, Eddie, am I not the average Joe? And look what I did with KFFL. It was arguably the number one fantasy sports company in the country, you know, at one time. Yeah. You yeah. Know, so, and if I can do it, Anybody can do it. So I look at the Joshua Dobbs story, and it blows me away. You know, and, yeah, and you know Joshua Dobbs. If anything, he's he he's he's gonna he's gonna be on a team no matter where, no matter where, whether it be with the Minnesota or another team. He played his way this last weekend to have a secure, at least a backup job in the NFL for as long as as long as his career lasts. I mean, that well, guy. I don't, should... I don't know about that, Eddie. You know, it's what have you done for me lately? But my point is, in that sure moment in time, how many people could do what he did? There's not exactly. a lot of people who could do what he did. He was in the huddle asking the receivers, okay, on this play, y'all are going to line up here, here. And then, you know, they're all working as a team. They're helping them out. But, I mean, it's like, my God, that's just – it's American dream, people. That yep. shows what can happen if you work hard. Yep. All right. So uh, uh, I said Chiefs blow out the Seahawks and Lions two weeks ago. What I meant was were, were, uh, were the Baltimore Ravens. You know, uh, so in tier one, my friend, the NFL power rankings, let's jump to it. Tier one, the Philadelphia Eagles. Did nothing to lose their spot. They beat a very good Cowboys team. Kansas City Chiefs, look, they did what they had to do and beat the Dolphins with Travis Kelsey minimized. Uh, Patrick Mahomes showed he's now a veteran and dispersed the ball, and they played well enough to win, both on offense and defense. The first half up 21-0. The second half, the defense comes and holds them in check. So the Chiefs aren't impressive, but they're beating who they have to beat, you know? Number three, the team I want to talk about, the Baltimore Ravens at number three. They did not destroy, I mean, they destroyed the Seattle Seahawks uh, 37 to three. And just what, two weeks ago, they destroyed the Detroit Lions 38 to six. The Lions are vying to be an elite team in the league. And that's how many are starting to see them. And they've shown they, they can be that type of team. And the Seahawks have always been one of the most physical teams in the NFL. What's your take on the Ravens and what they've done and their number three ranking? And I got to be honest, Eddie, I, I I didn't do it, but the thoughts for the first time ever came. Well, 
are they a number two team? You know, what are your thoughts? You know, I got to tell you, Guillermo, like maybe about three or four weeks ago, you had them ranked relatively high at a time where I didn't think they deserved it. And that tells me that you actually saw some of these developments, you know, with respect to their skill set. You know, the fact that you pointed out J.K. Dobbins got hurt and, you know, in, in, in the next man up, they're still rolling along. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the, now Lamar Jackson has become more of a pocket passer. They have a, like an elite tight end there. They don't really have the greatest wide receiver core, but they get the job done, right? It's their defense. Their defense is just amazing right now. And you know, even all the 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 analysts out there in the NFL that you know you hear on on any of, any of this, the talk shows, local sports or even national sports, you know, the the Baltimore Ravens are now on everybody's radar. They definitely are. Uh, one of the top two to three teams in the NFL right now until someone figures that it figures them out and, and, and neutralize them just like, you know, the Cleveland Browns did with the, with the Niners, right? It can happen on a week. It, it can turn on a dime, but right now it doesn't look like anybody can slow them down. They did. They definitely got rid. Uh, they, they, they definitely showed two of the better teams in the NFC that they're not even close to their, to their level. So, you know, we'll see what happens up in the upcoming weeks, but they definitely, I think are in the top three for sure. I agree. They're a scary team because not only can they play physical, Lamar Jackson is starting to learn how to be a better pocket passer. And I don't say this as much in this new age of offensive prowess, the rules uh, made to help the offense versus the defense. But it's it's always been the case. A great quarterback can make an average receiver great and a great receiver elite. And you know where we're seeing that? Devontae Adams. People don't like to say that. When I first saw Devontae Adams play, I was like, oh, this guy's going to be great in this system, especially with Rodgers. And once he left that system, I knew his numbers would drop, but not everybody else thought he, he was the next. A receiver is contingent on his quarterback. But Absolutely. we're seeing so, – so my point is Lamar Jackson will make those receivers better. You know, and Odell Beckham, I mean, what a sad sack. Finally got a TD, you know. Uh, it's, it's funny how good name recognition will get you. Real quick, do you think Odell uh, Beckham is a, a, a Hall of Famer? No. Yeah, that's my take. All right, people. Let's get to... Hall of Fame catches, though. Hall of Fame catches. Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. yes Unbelievable yes, catches. Yes. Probably yes. the best catches you'll ever see, but not a Hall of Fame player. See, you see, that's a generational comment. I remember some of Lynn Swan's uh, 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 Super Bowl catch. I remember some of those catches by Swan and some of these uh, uh, receive these great receivers with the Redskins with their great team in the 80s. You know, so, uh, you know, that's a generational comment because those catches, they're rare, but they happen more often than people think. You know, uh, elitism is on their radar. Number four, the 49ers were in a bye week. Number five. The Lions were in a bye week. They moved up to Slotso because of the drop of certain teams. And number six with a big jump from number nine and a bigger jump from the previous week, the Cincinnati Bengals. Eddie, we don't need to talk about the 49ers or Lions. They're on a bye. Give me a sentence, uh, a couple of sentences about the Bengals and your thoughts on them. Real quick, what about the Cowboys? Are the Cowboys in this list? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't finish the list. I got so excited about because I got some <laughs> comments about Burroughs. About, so, number six, the Bengals. Number seven, the Cowboys, who lost to the Eagles in actually a very good game. Uh, and number eight, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, so, real quick, a couple of thoughts on the Bengals. Hey, you know, I, I was talking about the Bengals a few weeks ago where I thought they should have been ranked higher on your, on your, on your rankings because of, you know, their past, you know, their past performance, they have great players. They, you know, unfortunately they were kind of, 
you know, uh, go, you know, Joe Burrow didn't have, you know, a preseason and he was still trying to get in sync with his offense. And of course he had a calf injury that he was still, you know, recovering from. And it took him some time to get in sync and also feel comfortable enough to run around with his strained calf. But I think all of that's behind him now that that team looks in sync. You know, all of a sudden they all came in sync all at once. In that 49er game where they beat them by 14 points, that definitely, uh, I think, even uh, increased their confidence even more than they already had it. They are already a confident team, but when they beat somebody like that, you know, who's you know considered one of the top two or three teams in the NFL at the time, you know, that, that, that I think they're just riding this 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 boat right now. That they're they're, they're they're a confident bunch. They've been in the Super Bowl. You know, Joe Burrow is 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 an elite quarterback. And he got paid this offseason, and he's showing the, the, the league why he's that quarterback. So I think the Bengals, I think, should be ranked higher from these rankings than what you have. But, you know, it's mostly because I think their record doesn't reflect better than some of these other teams that you had right ahead of them. But they're a better team right now than, than these other teams that you have. I think they're better than the Detroit. I think they're better. Well, you know, I don't know if they're better than. Yeah, I would say they're better than Dallas, too. So I'd even put them higher than Dallas. Uh, and they're probably put them above, above San Francisco right now, too, because they just beat San Francisco. Right. So here's the real deal, people. The reason I haven't ranked number six, and they've moved up, they were ranked 20th just a few weeks ago, is because of Joe Burrows, they, they moved up. Uh, uh, over the last three weeks, he's averaging 262 passing yards, about three touchdowns, and only one interception per game. The NFL is on, I mean, the man is on fire. However, their season's doomed. And here's why. They're averaging 21.3 rush attempts per game, tied for 26 worst in the league. The first few games of the season showed us if the Bengals don't have Joe Burrows at 100%, they suck and they can be beaten by anyone. When Joe Burrows is on fire, it spreads out to the whole team. Why? He's clicking. The whole team starts to click. Why? Because if that offense is passing, scoring touchdowns, it vitalizes the team and they all play better and it makes life easier for the defense, knowing your guy's throwing up 30 points, you know, and you can compete with anybody. Without Joe Burrows, they're nobody. That's the bottom line. That, in fact, their number six ranking is well-deserved, well-earned. But when the playoffs come around, this is why they lose to the Chiefs. You know, back in the 70s, when Terry Bradshaw broke his neck and then wrist and whatever, they had a complete team, and their backup took them to the NFC Champion, AFC Championship game where they lost 76 to the Raiders, but they didn't have Rocky Blyer, Franco Harris, or Terry Bradshaw, but they competed. People don't realize the Dolphins' perfect season – Earl Morrell was their starting quarterback after uh, uh, Bob Greasy broke his ankle. And so my point is, great elite perennial powerhouses can win. Even the Vikings. Look how they're doing with this magic smoke and mirrors. The Bengals aren't that type of team. They lose Joe Burrows, they're done. Period. Yeah, but I would say the same thing about the Chiefs. If they lose Pat Mahomes, they're done. Period. Who else is on that team that can carry him? I mean, other than Travis Kelsey. And you just said that the receivers, you know, their their performance is contingent on the on the on the player that's throwing the ball to him. What do that's, they have? Well, hold on, hold on. That's why the 49ers are ranked higher. If they lose their quarterback Purdy, they have enough depth to logically replace him. You know, and you're right on the Chiefs and, and, and the the Eagles too. That's my issue. Is the NFL's built around one elite guy? You lose him, you're toast. And so I look at other teams like the Lions. They're building an all-around team. It's not predicated on Jared Goff uh, being the man. You know, the Jaguars. It's not predicated on Trevor Lawrence being the man. Uh, the Dolphins. I truly believe can put another quarterback in. They did last year. He performed pretty well. Skylar Thompson. You know, the Cleveland Browns. 
no Deshaun Watson not playing well, they're still finding ways to win. You know, the Seahawks with an average quarterback in Geno Smith still finding ways to win. So when it, that's why people are like, you don't want to play the Seahawks. Somebody once asked me, why do, why do people always say that? I said, because the Seahawks are a very physical team, and they're not just good at one facet of the game. They're built for playoff, for winter playoff weather and winter playoff games, and the Bengals are not. In fact, had their head coach had any common sense, they'd be a Super Bowl champ right now. Joe Mixon helped take him to the Super Bowl. What happens? He just... Hey, Joe, come over here. Threw him in the closet, and we never saw him again for the rest of the game, you know? So that's my whole point on that, and I apologize to the, everybody in you, Eddie. Uh, we kind of uh, stayed on that topic there a little too too long. Okay, give me uh, 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 a couple of sentences on the Cowboys and your thoughts. Uh, they lost to the Eagles, but do you think that that game helped solidify that the Cowboys are one of the better teams in the league? I think the, the Cowboys actually showed up pretty good against the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are just a more dominant, you know, they're, 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 they're stronger in the trenches than the, than, the, than, the, than the Cowboys on both sides. But I think the Cowboys played the Eagles pretty damn well. And I think it's primarily because they're a division opponent. opponent. They know each other pretty well. But, you know, the Cowboys, the Cowboys, I think, turned around their season when it could have gone awry after that, 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 that Niner game. And the Niners... You know, unfortunately, kind of went in the opposite direction when you didn't think that would that would be possible after a huge win like that. But the Cowboys showed me that they're, they're tough. And I, I think, you know, I'm not I, I hate the Cowboys, by the way. I hate supporting that team. It's <laughs> rooted, man. But I got to give it up to them. They actually showed up. And, and I think they they showed the NFL that they're they're a team that, that that can contend, you know, at least in the playoffs. I don't know if they're a Super Bowl contender yet. They could be, but you know, maybe 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 they make a trade. You know, I, I don't know, but you know, may, maybe a Saquon Barkley on that team would make a difference, right? You never know, right? I mean, but 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 with, with the New York Giants trade with the with the Cowboys is another thing. But anyway, uh, you know, the, the Cowboys to me, they have a good D. They have good, you know, key position players. You know, uh, skill position players. That was the word I was trying to remember last week when I couldn't remember. But anyway, so Ceedee Lamb is, is good. You know, um, they have a, a Jake Ferguson who's good as a tight end. They have good skill position players, uh, uh, and, and, and Gallup as well as another one, Michael Gallup. And you know, I, I just think that they showed up, and I think they showed that they can hang with a good, uh, the, 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 te- the the league's best team, in the Eagles. I agree. They can hang with anybody. I think their problem is they don't know how to win the tough games. And to me, that comes. See, my military training. The one thing it taught me was you need that leadership, that no-nonsense guy who will jack you up but then also tell you the positives. And they don't have that kind of leadership on the Cowboys, and I think that's holding them back. But but I can't argue your point. And number eight, the Jacksonville Jaguars on a bye. All right, moving on to the next tier. Better than average but still has kinks to work out. Number nine, the Miami Dolphins. Number 10, the Cleveland Browns. There's only two teams in this tier. And I wanted to talk to you real quick about the Miami Dolphins. What are your thoughts at the fact they have not beaten a team above 500? They are 6-3, and three, and all three losses are the teams above 500. Yeah, I think that the better teams that, that, they're, they're, that they're going up against, they typically have a better defense, and these defensive guys know how to contain that speed. Um, you know, in, uh, in, in whatever scheme that they're using they, to, to contain them, because once you contain that speed, then they're 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 they're, they're essentially uh, relegated to be somewhat of a mediocre offense, right? 
But um, their defense is decent too, but it's not like, you know, Super Bowl contending type of defense. It's decent, but it's not there. And the defense alone isn't going – they're not built to, to, to win with that defense. They're built to win with that offense. And if there's schemes that sh- shuts that, that, that offense down, which, which has happened now, um, then the, the, they can't win. So I, I, I would say that I think it's, it, the, the, there's a blueprint that has been created to slow down this team. And I think people are, are continuing to apply that until the, the Dolphins adjust and figure it out. But right now they're they're looking like a you know, a better than average team that has the potential to be great, but you know, they have to I think adjust to what's being done to them right now by these defensive coordinators, by these better teams that they're facing. I agree. I have two comments uh regarding the Dolphins. One, they're a year too soon. This is only Mike McDaniel's second year. They're still learning everything about that massive playbook and it takes a team a couple years i mean how many times in history have we gone have we seen one team get beat keep it close then the next year they begin to dominate and i think they're still at least a year away from that and number two i would not go out to replace him but if a quarterback fell my way I would look towards him. I think two is great in that offense, but I think he has limitations with his arm yeah. and sometimes his reads. But but the Dolphins are a team on the rise. All right, the next tier, pretenders or contenders. Number 11, the Buffalo Bills. Number 12, the Seahawks. And number 13, the Chargers, who won tonight against the Jets and did it in a in a, a satisfying fashion, meaning it wasn't a luck win. They went in there and dominated that team for the get-go. But I want to talk about the Bills. They are 5-4. and four. They've just lost to the Bengals. Are they done? No, I don't think they're done. They, they've, they've shown that they are a, uh, a team that can pretty much hang with almost anybody, at least on the offensive side. And for whatever reason, their defense, which was pretty daunting, the last few years has slipped a little bit. Don't know exactly why. Maybe it's because, you know, there's maybe, I don't know, too many turnovers being done by the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you know, they, they do turn the ball over. Josh Allen does turn the ball over more than than, than, than an elite quarterback should. And, you know, there's, there's, there's also some, you know, leadership uh, things there going on too that, you know, I don't know, Josh Allen, I think, has the ability to be that, but I don't think he is showing that. So, you know, I, I, you know, I think something needs to change there from the way that they're currently doing things because it's not showing up in, in, in wins like that team should be winning right now. They're not they're, they're I don't know if it's just that they're so one dimensional on the offense that they're that they that they're a pass happy team. And, you know, essentially they're, they're, they're running back. Their best running back is Josh Allen. And that's a recipe for disaster if he gets hit in the wrong way. I mean, that you know, he's a big kid. He's like 240-something pounds. He's a big right. dude. But, you know, it doesn't matter. If you get hit in the, on the lower leg or something, you twist that leg in a certain way, it's over. So I think that what, what really, I think, haunts that team is a good running game. Not a Josh Allen-based running game, but a true running game. That's another team that Saquon Barkley would be a great fit for. So that's what I think I agree. the Giants could actually make a move with them. So anyway, that's those are my two cents. Well, actually, uh, I think Saquon Barkley's a free agent next year. And with the way this team's going, I don't know if, the, if he wants to be a Giant. You know, uh, they can right. franchise tag him, but but that I think that's the only way he stays with that team. So I think teams will be courting him, and you're right. I've got a few takes on the – Bills, I'll keep it quick. One, regarding their highly rated defense, it's always been highly overrated. I broke it down over the last couple of years. I did this about a year ago. 
and they would clamp down on terrible teams, mediocre teams. And then mm-hmm. the Chiefs, the Bengals, those types, they throw up 30 points. So mm-hmm. when it came to playoff time, their defense was average. And we saw that against the Kansas City Chiefs a couple of years ago. Two, Josh Allen is their offense, just like Joe Burrows. That offense goes through Josh Allen. They're one-dimensional. Again, come playoff time, you stop Josh Allen, you stop the Bills. They're older. They have not upgraded their team. Their players are older. Von Miller, you know, is older. He's just a highly price uh, player now. I mean, he still has talent, but he's not the dominant player he was a couple years ago. I truly think this team may have missed their window, and we're seeing that now. I'm not saying they have but they are one-dimensional, and they can't get it done. And most importantly, they don't have leadership on that team from what I see. Josh Allen is not the veteran leader. He's more like a kid, one of the guys. I'm telling you, there's. it's like when I think NFL team leader, you know who I think? Uh, 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 the Ravens. Uh, oh, my God. Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson? No, 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 Ray, Ray, Ray Rice. No, not Ray Rice. Uh, oh, my God, the great defensive player. Oh, uh, oh, oh you're talking about linebacker. Ray Lewis? Ray Lewis, oh my God. Exactly, Ray Lewis. That's what I'm thinking about veteran, that no nonsense. The type of guy there's no young punks going to go up and talk trash to. The Bills don't have that, in my opinion. You know, And you know what helps that, Eddie? Having veterans and a coaching staff with Super Bowl rings. And, right. and, and I'm not sure. I mean, Von Miller, and when you're hurt, it's tough to be a team leader. You know, yeah. all right. The thing, real quick, the last point, though, I mean, you know, I think part of the reason that they're they're struggling, too, is because because they are so pass happy, their offense isn't on the their defense actually stays on the field longer than most teams because they're so pass happy, right? They don't have a running game that's going to just milk the clock. That's why I think if they make a move to get someone like a Saquon Barkley, that puts them back into contention. But Eddie, Eddie, trade deadline's over. Barkley's that, not going anywhere. I'm just saying. Nobody's I'm just, going I'm just putting that out there right now as something to consider, whether you know off season or whatever. Just that 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 guy would make sense. They need a running game to be to take the next step. That's my whole point is their window's not shut. If they it's get something funny. like that, then they they, they have an opportunity to do. It's to be funny there. because you agree with me about their one dimensionalness, but you don't with the Bengals, and it's literally mirror images of each other. One yeah, player. Yeah, the, Bengals, the Bengals have team. three good wide receivers on that team, and they have the good running back. It's the play calling in Cincinnati. Yeah. Yes, much. yes, but hold on, Eddie. When Burroughs was hurt. How effective were those receivers? Well, they I mean, were. how good is their T, back? T Higgins. T Higgins finally made an appearance. Actually, yeah. they didn't play their back at quarterback. I think they went with Burroughs. Oh, one game they may have. No, had Bur- back Burroughs played. The Burrow played. Yeah, Burrow yeah. Played. But my point is, without Burroughs, those receivers sucked. Their numbers sucked. T Higgins was he disappeared all season until this week. You know, when Gerald Burroughs is healthiest. You know? So, anyway, let's move on here. The rest of the best are pretenders. The Steelers at 14. The Texans make a big jump from 24 to 15. The Jets drop to number 16. The Saints, and that was a big setback, this loss against the Chargers, the game they should have won. The Saints uh, are number 17, and that's it for that tier. So, real quick, the Steelers, 14. The Texans, 15. The Jets at 16. The Saints at 17. I want to talk about the, the Texans. Can they really compete for a playoff spot? Yeah, I, I think they can, for sure. I mean, they're not in the strongest division, so, yeah, I think they have a shot, for sure. And especially right. the way C.J. Uh, Stroud played – this last weekend, I mean, that is a confidence builder. If there isn't any for a team, you know, that that's, you know, I mean, they, they, 
I mean, they they have a who's who as far as their their key position players, right? They're, they 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 name 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 two of their wide receivers, right? I bet you most of the audience are like, unless they play fantasy football, they'll like struggle to figure that out, right? Who those who those two wide receivers are? So, um, and, and you know, their their running back situation isn't that great either. They have uh, Damian Pierce hasn't really done anything. Devin Singletary, who's done here and there, but other than that, I mean, C.J. Stroud is carrying that team the last few weeks, and he really. Oh, carried- Offseason touchdowns, yeah. I mean, yeah, but you know, he had, he's a he's a rookie. He's coming up to speed, right? And you know, they they they're opening up the playbook more and more for him now. And I think they're going to open up even more. Uh, so, and D'Amico Ryan's is one of those leader types. I mean, he he definitely is one of those raw raw kind of you know head coaches that stands behind their players. And this is the moment I think C.J. Stroud is is stepped up to be the man on that team. And I think he's got he's going to carry that team on his shoulders as long as he doesn't get injured. And, you know, as long, as long as the supporting cast helps him out as well, because he, he can't do it alone. D'Amico Ryans, when I talk about veteran leadership from the coaching staff and players, that's D'Amico Ryan when he was a player and now as a head coach. It's one of those where he will get in your face and tell yeah. you how it is, but he'll also pump you up. Now, let's give credit where credit is due. C.J. Stroud had the greatest game out of any rookie ever in the history of the NFL. 30 of 42 for 470 yards, five touchdowns and no inter- interceptions. This is why they may compete for the division, but they're they're nobody. Well, they're facing the 29th ranked pass defense. You know. Now, granted, I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying this is one of those games where the hype starts. But the reality is the Bucks defense is disgraceful. Todd Bowles, uh, Bowles should be fired. You know, the guy has done a terrible job with the Jets. He's doing a terrible job with the Bucks. He's supposed he is a great defensive coordinator. Whenever he's a defensive coordinator, those teams are like in the top elite echelons. But as a head coach, this defense is just 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 a shadow of what what it is. So I like I love the Texans. Do not get me wrong. And again, a great quarterback will make an average receiver great, a great receiver elite. And that's what we're seeing here. So I don't buy into the who are his receivers. I don't care who's the quarterback. Brett Favre made Sturdy Sharp a better player than he was. You know that's how I look at things. Joe Montana made uh, uh Jerry Rice and uh, 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 I would forget his sidekick for many years. Uh, great. John, John Taylor. John Taylor, you know, great. And Troy Aikman, uh, the rushing attack, and 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 uh, the number one receiver, Michael Irvin, Michael Irvin, opened it opened it up and made Alvin Harper Alvin an Harper. average receiver look great. What happened to Alvin Harper when he went to the Bucks? Disappeared. Yeah. So 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 CJ Stroud is carrying that team. All right. Uh, moving on to the next segment, the get it together or else and overachievers section here. All right. The Colts at number 18, the Commanders at number 19, the Titans at number 20, the Falcons at number 21, the Bucks at number 22, the Broncos at number 23, the Raiders at number 24. The Packers at number 25, the Vikings at number 26, and that's it. And real quick, I dropped the Vikings. They dropped the notch because as much as I love Joshua Dobbs' story, that team is like the pigskin gods are just saying, it's not your year, you know? Uh, and so out of that tier, Eddie, any teams you want to comment on? I mean, you know, the Vikings is a good one to comment on. I mean, they're 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 winning team right now. They're five and four, missing arguably their two best offensive weapons on that team, and yet here they are. They're five and four, and getting their offensive weapon coming back next week. Their defense is decent. It's not great, but it's decent, and they can move the ball. 
Joshua Dobbs another week under his under his belt with his playbook with the number one receiver. I, I you know I, I I think they should be ranked higher, but you know I understand why you have them where you're ranked. But I think that they're right now a team that is on the rise based on what they did this last weekend, and I think that they were on the rise after they beat the 49ers. And unfortunately, you know, the, the, the football gods have struck them down with these major key injuries, and, you know, that that is the only thing that's really holding them back. But they're showing some moxie. They showed it last weekend, and I think they're going to show it again. So I think that they're a team that we're going to watch out for in the next few weeks. I think this is like potentially a Nick Foles type of situation with the Eagles, right? When he when he took them all the way, right? Hey, Josh Dobbs, everybody's rooting for the kid. I mean, he showed up and he, he, he you know, with only a, less than five days, didn't know all his players, and he did what he did and came back in the fashion that he did. That was freaking awesome. So I'm right. pulling for this kid, and I'm pulling for the Minnesota Vikings because of this kid. Oh, so am I. I hope they win every week. Uh, it's ironic because one of the few players I have watched play literally every week going back to uh, last year is Joshua Dobbs. I've seen him with, uh, with, the, with the Titans, and then I watch him with the Cardinals preseason and, and in season, and I saw a, a good chunk of the game. And the problem with Josh Dobbs is he's, he's an average quarterback. He's a great player to root for because of he should technically be out of the league by most accounts, but he survived. So he's one of the greatest feel-good stories you'll see in the NFL from the last few years. But at the end of the day, he's an average quarterback. And Kirk Cousins, people don't like to say, but I'll say is an elite quarterback in terms uh, – he doesn't have a ring, but he's like Dan Fouts. The offense goes through him, and he posts touchdowns and, and moves the, 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 the yardsticks, etc. That's how that team is built. Joshua Dobbs is not – built to handle the team so they're going to scale back that offense they have to i mean he's at week eight he's got to learn a new playbook and they don't have the rushing attack that they need to offset it so i don't know what's going to happen but i'm a realist with the big picture but hell yeah i'm rooting for this kid i mean my god what that's the type of kid if i had a little boy i said i want we're gonna go get his autograph you take a picture by him because he's the american dream to me and i love that and that's why i tell people doesn't matter what look at you eddie you're living in a high price area, doing very well for yourself. You've worked hard. You're getting ready to send your daughter to a private university. Public. Eh, eh, oh, is it public? No, that's what I want it to be, though. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. And 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 you've lived the American dream, and you're 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 you're, a, you're the classic brown Latino. So oh, yeah. people say you shouldn't be doing you that sh- that that shouldn't be the case, but it is because it's America. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. The land of exactly. opportunity, man. As long as you take advantage, you can make something of yourself. Exactly. All righty. Let's go to the final tier here. What the hell? We have no clue or we're playing for draft positions, people. At number 27, the Los Angeles Rams. The salary cap hell and the mercenaries finally got to them, and they are nothing today. Ranked 27. The Chicago Bears at 28. Now, they're not near the bottom because they've been playing pretty good football the last few weeks, and they get Justin Fields back. And number 29, the New England Patriots at 2-7. and seven. The worst start we've ever seen from a Bill Belichick team since his first season with the Patriots, and this team, I think it's just talent. They just don't have very good talent, and there's something wrong with that culture there. I don't know what, but there's something wrong there. Number 30, the Carolina Panthers. Look, Bryce Young is looking horrible. I mean, I'm not seeing him move forward uh, like some of the other quarterbacks are, so I'm not concerned uh, because it's Frank Reich, and he's a great teacher with fundamentals, but, you know, hey, there's – 
franchise quarterbacks and there's bus. We don't know which way he's headed yet. Number 31, the New York Giants. They're on their third string quarterback, an undrafted uh, uh, free agent. And he, I'm assuming he's Italian with Tommy DeVito. I'm sure yes. the Italians are happy, yes. but not the Giant fans. Danny DeVito's dad or, or, or son, I should say. <laughs> and at 32, the Arizona Cardinals. Look, they traded Josh Dobbs away because Kyler Murray's coming in. Uh, uh, Big John calls him the midget because he's two feet tall. You know, but they traded Josh Dobbs. So this week, that 27 and nothing uh, game against the Browns in elite defense was not uh, was very expected. And I'm not sure Kyler Murray would do better. Any of the teams there you want to comment on, Eddie? The Rams, the Bears, the Patriots, the Panthers, the Giants, or the Cardinals? Yeah, you know, the only I I, I like Tyson Badgen. I think he's actually showed that he's actually a decent quarterback uh, in the uh, in the NFL. He's played decently for the Chicago Bears. Uh, you know, Chicago Bears really don't have much talent on the offensive end. I would say, I would argue they don't have much talent in general on that team. And I, I don't want to, like, you know, just, you know, bash the team, you know, and all these individuals that might be listening to this podcast. I'm just saying that as a collective, they really don't have that many star players to help, you know, carry this team. You know, they had a Justin Fields who's a primarily run first quarterback, but, you know, I think he's coming around to become a pocket quarterback at some point. But Tyson Badgett showed, you know, in my opinion, what Justin Fields should be, uh, a, a pocket passer first who has the ability to run because Tyson Badgett can run. So I, I, I'm pulling for that kid. I think he's, you know, playing, uh, you know, for, for a contract with potentially, you know, some other team that needs a quarterback because I think he showed up pretty well. So I would say the Chicago Bears for the amount of, Lack of talent that they have on that team collectively, when relatively speaking to the rest of the other NFL teams, I, I, I would say that you know they 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 actually played decently considering all the all the factors. Well, Badger's going to go back to the bench because they expect Fields back, and yeah. that, I, I don't I don't know if that team's completely devoid of talent, but bad play calling, some bad decisions by the front office, but they've been playing better football the last few weeks, so maybe they're finally coming around. Let's let's not forget it's a new regime in place there too, yeah. so uh, uh, it takes time, and I really love the way Justin Fields has looked uh, the last few weeks because he's finally starting to understand that he na- needs to have a pocket presence, and from there, I mean, look at Jalen Hurts. How he's playing. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I kind of see them as mirror images in the style of play at times too. And there you have it, my friends. Our NFL power rankings. So let's move on, Eddie. Let's move on to where Eddie takes charge. What was that show with Bill Bixby called? God, we're old. Eddie, Eddie, something. Oh, Eddie, uh, the courtship of Eddie's father. There you go. There we're old, man. We are old. We're we're, we're like we're just like pulling stuff from the seventies, <laughs> man. We are just old. We gotta like. Hey, hey. With hey, our that audience a, here, man. <laughs> that, that was a top 10 show. I'm sure if you head towards TV, lad, you can find it. And by the you way, know. for those of you who don't know, the guy, the Bill Bixby, the the the, the guy who, uh, the, uh, the, the, the the main character was actually um, the, the person who actually turned into the Incredible Hulk actor, you know, with Lou Ferrigno back in the 70s, too. He was the original Incredible Bill Bixby. So. Yes, he was. Yes, yeah. he, Bill Bixby had a phenomenal career. Uh, My favorite Martian, the courtship of Eddie, uh, 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 the magicians, the Hulk. And what I try to tell people who want to be actors and stars, look, fame is fleeting. 
who here has heard of Bill Bixby? Yeah, in his time, he was one of the biggest stars in America. Yeah. Everybody knew him. Yeah. Fame is fleeting. All right, Eddie, let's get down to it and to the world. This is our fantasy football segment. Eddie, let's get it going. Quarterbacks. Any quarterbacks out there worth grabbing? Oh, man, you got to be kidding me. you got to go with Joshua Dobbs, man. I mean, the guy is going to be playing for the rest of the season with the best wide receiver coming back in the NFL with a team that actually is playing for something. In whoa, the- whoa, 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 whoa. You're not saying to pick up Dobbs and start him, are you? You know, yeah. I would put, hey, just, I'm only picking, you know, we're at this point in the NFL season that we're we're, we're, we're going for streaming plays right now in case okay. that you have a, a quarterback. You, you, you just got to be clear. You yeah. got to be clear on that. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, for people who listen to the show play fantasy football, they know that their teams are already been drafted, that these are stream <laughs> plays, right? If we're trying to educate the audience who doesn't know about fantasy football, shame on them. They got they got to figure this out, <laughs> right? So, Damn! So, these are stream plays right now, right? These are not okay. guys that you're know, going to replace, you know, someone like a Lamar Jackson or someone, you know, like a, a, a Joe Burrow, you know, or anybody like that. These are guys that if you have a bye week and you need to fill in, this is the guy. So Joshua Dobbs, in my opinion, is the number one guy on that list. The other guy that I would consider, too, is Kyler Murray. I mean, the guy can play. You know, he's coming back. You know, he's... You know, they, 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 they got rid of Joshua Dobbs. We're talking about the same guy. So they make room for this guy to become the starter again. And they need to see what they have as far as, you know, the re- the rest of the supporting cast around Kyler Murray. If, you know, Kyler Murray can actually improve this team, uh, you know, from, from, from where they're at right now. So, you know, it's, it's you know, it's going to be questionable to see how long they're going to play him. But, hey, he's a, he's a talented guy. He, he, he gets a lot of running, you know, uh, points as a running back, uh, as a running quarterback so i would say he's number two so that's those are the, the main two from the quarterback that i would i would point out all right all right all right so uh uh i i i wouldn't uh uh look at dobbs uh because uh, uh i know how i draft i always make sure to get a quality number two quarterback just in case of injuries and i hope aaron Rodgers' owners do that uh, as far as Kyler murray that's a good one actually i hadn't thought of it because you're right he can put up fantasy points. Yeah. Uh, he just he just can't put up uh, uh, W's in in games that matter. All right, running back. So you know, they're, they're, I've already mentioned quite a few of these from weeks past. So I would say the one guy well, that. Well, you let, had... let's stick with the top three then. No, I'm gonna I'm only gonna give you one. So I'm gonna give you, you go. one. one. There you uh, go. The one guy that you want to target is uh, Keaton Mitchell for the Baltimore Ravens. The guy oh, yeah. uh, he scored twenty twenty point four points. You know, in, in, in the running backs position at in Baltimore, they score well. Gus Edwards is actually the main guy who gets most of the points there. But uh, this kid, uh, Keaton Mitchell, I mean, they're gonna sh- he's gonna he's gonna play. He's gonna play. They're good. They're they're gonna running back by committee because he also played Justice Hill as well. So, but 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 this guy uh, Mitchell showed up uh, this last week, and I think he he earned hit more snaps in the coming weeks. So I would say he's the guy to target from the running back position. Well, 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 Gus is the TD back, so he'll he gets, get everything between the twenties. Gus yeah, will get he also, he, the he, TD. Yeah, but he also gets uh, you know the, the the first and second down running plays, you know, for the most part in the in the offense. What that's what I'm talking about. I'm telling this new kid will get in between the 20s, and but but they'll bring in was it Gus Edwards? They'll bring Gus him Edwards. in for uh, uh, those goal line, kind of like Marion Butts. Remember Marion Butts in the day, 20 years ago? Uh, I, he he had like one season he had like eight or 12 TDs <laughs> and like 20 snaps. It seemed like you know. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. he does more than that. Uh, Gus Edwards does more than that. So yes, yes, I, yes, I have him on fantasy team, so I know yeah, how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, but that's but my point to the fantasy owners is be aware he may be pulled out of the game inside the five for Gus Edwards. Yep. You know, it's also who the coaches trust. Yeah, yeah, for more. sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah. All for right, sure. wide receiver Eddie. So I would say that there's probably two that stick out to me. Actually, maybe three. So uh, the first one that I would t- uh, point out is, you know, the New England Patriots, uh, as, as anemic as their offense is, they still throw the ball. And there's got to be wide receivers who catch the ball there. They unfortunately lost Kendrick Bourne to a season-ending injury uh, last week. And so he is on season-ending IR. So somebody's got to catch the ball over there. So the guy that I would point out is Demario Douglas. He was actually a pretty popular streaming play this week, and I would continue with that trend of picking this guy up if he's not already been picked up in your league. So Demario Douglas of the New England Patriots. Number two, Noah Brown. This guy showed up out of nowhere. This He actually used to play for the Dallas Cowboys. He's now on the Houston Texans. And, you know, um, he, uh, he, he caught a few balls. Actually, I think he caught one touchdown pass, one of the five touchdown passes from C.J. Stroud, and, and had a huge game. So uh, I would say that, you know, the, the, it's obvious that the Houston Texans are going to throw the ball, and they distribute the ball. They have, uh, you know, uh, Noah Brown is probably their, their second or, or third wide receiver. They, uh, they, they really don't have big-name guys there, but he's a guy that you definitely want to target um, because – you know, he's, he, they, they throw the ball a lot. Obviously, if the, if the rookie quarterback threw 470 yards last week and threw five touchdowns, you definitely want to target a wide receiver on that team. So that's the guy that I would target is Noah Brown. The other guy that I would target, another anemic uh, wider, uh, another anemic defense, uh, excuse me, offense is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, unfortunately, Jordan Love hasn't really uh, moved the ball very well. They have great running backs in, in Aaron Jones and, you know, uh, A.J. Dillon, but for whatever reason, they they have a hard time moving the ball over there. So, but the, you know, Christian Watson actually uh, just got hurt, and we don't know how long he's going to be out. So, Romeo Dobbs is the guy that I would target if he's not already on somebody else's uh, roster right now. So, those wrap it up for the wide receiver. And the last category, uh, Guillermo, is the tight end. Now, there's a, quite a few people on this list, but a lot of these people that I've already brought up in past. So, I've already brought up you know John O. Smith a few times in the past. I already brought up Taysom Hill in the past. But a guy that you definitely want to target who's coming off of IR is Pat Fryermuth of the of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's actually coming off of IR this week. And, you know, he's a guy that's in the, a red zone target for a quarterback that struggles in Kenny Pickett. And I think, you know, Kenny Pickett looked for him quite a bit until, you know, Pat got hurt earlier this year. So he's a, a tight end that I would target uh, for your fantasy uh, streaming uh, this week. The last guy that I would point, uh, point out is Luke Musgrave for the Green Bay Packers. Again, they're anemic offense, but... You know, the tight ends are safety valves for a, a struggling quarterback. So that's, I, I would say that he's another, another guy to target from the tight end position. How long has Musgrave been in the league? This is his first year. Oh, oh, yeah, he's oh. A, yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a rookie. Any relation to, uh, uh, is it Bill Musgrave, Bill Musgrave? the former quarterback? Yeah. yeah, you know, I think, I, I'm not sure. The same last name, but I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. who can tell? You, you can never tell. Uh, I, I'm looking here real quick as we talk. But yeah, uh, uh, Doug Musgrave played quarterback at Oregon. His uncle, there it is, his uncle, Bill Musgrave. Is it really? Played okay. quarterback at Oregon before playing and coaching in the NFL. So, I, you know, it's just that one type of name that you don't forget. And Bill Musgrave, I knew, was a career perennial backup. But heck, you know, again, it's like Joshua Dobbs. He's living the American dream, you know. So good for him. All right, Eddie. Let's get into your favorite topic here, the NBA. Hey, man, NBA has been awesome, man. So what are some of the early storylines? So, hey, remember we've been talking about James Harden. 
Well, Trent James Harden finally got his witch and actually got traded to the to the to Los Angeles Clippers. Really? So, so the Clippers made a deal with the Sixers and they gave up a lot. The Clippers gave up a lot of, you know, good, you know, NBA talent from a veteran standpoint that could help any team, you know. Um, but but essentially James Harden, PJ Tucker, and some other throw in was thrown in uh by the uh by the Sixers in, in return. Uh, the, they had Nicholas Batum, who was the guy who uh, uh, went along with uh, 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 Robert Covington and then also Marcus Morris. Uh, those are three good wing players that the Sixers can utilize in their rotation today, and they're all defensive-minded guys, and they all have decent you know, uh, 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 rebounding skills. They're all bigger guys. So I would say that they, that the Sixers did very well in this trade and it's going to be, it's going to remain to be seen what happens with the Clippers. I mean, they played tonight, James Harden played tonight. Uh, and guess what? The Clippers lost. Um, so yeah, he didn't play well. He didn't play well. Yeah. Yeah. But he, yeah, he didn't play that long, but I mean, he, he played decently, but the thing is, is that James Harden, is a is a is a type of player that is used to having the ball in his hands. He's been the primary uh, ball, you know, the, the the main facilitator on the teams in the last four to five years of the teams that he's been because he's been with the Sixers, the Brooklyn Nets, you know, the Houston Rockets, you know, uh, the the all these teams. He was the main facilitator. He was essentially the point guard. And now, you know, the Clippers they have a Russell Westbrook, who's arguably considered one of the best. Point guards that we've seen in the NBA from a from a statistical standpoint, not necessarily from a championship standpoint, but from a statistical standpoint, he's considered one of the best all around point guards in the NBA. So now, what's going to happen is he's he was thrust in the, in the starting uh, uh, starting five, uh, James Harden. So you have a team of West, uh, West Russell Westbrook, you have Paul George, you have Kawhi Leonard, and then you have James Harden. Those four, along with the Visa Subac, who is the uh, the, the center. And that's a that, I mean, that's a star-studded team. The thing is, is that they have to figure out how to gel together. You know, this is the third time that James Harden has played with Russell Westbrook because they played together at Oklahoma City. That's where they first started their, their careers together along with, with Kevin Durant. I mean, can you believe that? Those three guys on the same team and they didn't win a championship? Amazing, right? I mean, th those are three right. Hall of Fame, arguably Hall of Fame players. I mean, for sure, Kevin Durant's Hall of Famer. I think Russell Westbrook for sure will be as well, but just because mm -hmm. of what he did from a triple-double standpoint. And James Harden, I think, will be as well, uh, just because he's a, a really good offensive player that hasn't won anything yet. It, you know, it remains to be seen if he's going to win anything now. But, you know, the, 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 this is the third time that Russell Westbrook and, and, and James Harden have teamed up together. Oklahoma City, Houston Rockets, and now the Clippers. Third time's a charm, or is it third time's a strike? We shall see. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how Tyron Lue uh, gets this team going because you know you had pointed out Guillermo that you know this guy kind of can become a cancer. He doesn't really play defense very well, and the Clippers are a, actually a very defensive minded team. So you know I think that they have some players I think that will check him. You know at least tell him hey you got to get Paul George will definitely check him. He's not playing defense. Kawhi Leonard's a little bit more quiet. I don't think he will. Russell Westbrook will because Russell Westbrook knows this guy. And they, defense is a big deal, a big proponent for winning in the, in the, in the Los Angeles Clippers. So it will, it will be interesting to see how this all develops. But this is want to point that out. That's the first thing I want to point out about James Harden because he's been a, a popular topic that we talked about in the last few weeks. 22 months, four teams. He's not a Hall of Famer. I don't care how good he is. He's a cancer. And so my final question regarding Harden to you. Where did the Clippers rank? You gave us your top eight teams in both conferences a couple of weeks ago. Where did the Clippers now rank with Harden? Hmm. 
Right, the well, fact you have to go, hmm, tells say, me I, it's I a trade that. that's not going to pan I, I, out. I had him at number seven before the season started. That's where I kind of ranked him. I would say that's still about the same. I would say they could be seven or eight, in, in my opinion, uh, just because they still have to figure out how to vibe. They still have to figure out if they could play all 82 games because of this load management thing right now because these guys yeah. are glorious for arresting their players. So I would say I, I had him at number seven. I'll keep him at number seven. Any other trends you're seeing, Eddie? So I'll tell you that the, the up-and-coming teams you know, that I pointed out in the West, uh, I'll focus on the West first. You have the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. That team looks really, really good. I mean, they just played the Warriors the other night uh, in one of the first uh, in-season tournament games. Uh, this this past week this is the first week of the in-season tournament games. Um, actually, was it, it was last week. That was a, the, the the first in season uh, tournament games, and they played against Oklahoma City Thunder, and they won one forty one to one thirty nine. It was like one of the highest scoring games of the oh, year. Wow! And, and and Oklahoma City, you know, barely lost that game, and they actually were playing without their best player, you know, Shay, Shay Gilgis Alexander. He was the guy that I was telling you, the ESPN top one hundred. He was the one right. that I didn't agree with. He was that number eight, and I'm thinking that Devin Booker or J Jimmy Butler should be there instead of this guy. <laughs> anyway, that's the kid that we're talking about. He's the best player on that team, and 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 actually. Played the Warriors really well. I mean, they were shooting like 60% for the game for the most part. Wow. It was unbelievable. I mean, 60% for, for an NBA game is unheard of, right? Especially for a team that shoots a lot of outside shots. Um, so so OKC is a team to watch. Chet Holmgren, in my opinion, like I, m I mentioned last week, I think he's going to be the the most the, 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 the rookie of the year, uh, in my opinion. Wembenyam is getting all the fanfare, and deservedly so, because he's unbelievable. And if you've ever seen any of his, of his highlights of, of his first few weeks of the, of the NBA, his, he is looking like a really, really good player. And so, so just keep your eye on that. But Chet Holmgren is, is a guy to watch. I, I think he's going to be a problem. Um, the other thing that I'll point out is the Suns. That's a team that I put a, a, a picked pick to, to be a contender. They right. um, they haven't played all of the, their three big three yet. You know, Bradley Beal has been out, and he's been, he's had some uh, back issues. Devin Booker's only played two games. He's played against the uh, the Warriors the first game, and then one of the other games uh, he just played too. And 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 you know they're, they're 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 struggling a little bit because they don't have the chemistry right now. Uh, Kevin Durant essentially has been carrying the team. Eric Gordon, who's been you know a guy that they just added from the offseason from the Clippers, he's actually been doing pretty well as well. Um, and then you know uh, uh, Grayson Allen, who came from the Milwaukee Bucks, they have those three have been the main primary offensive guys. Without those two other guys in in in, in uh, that, that that are currently hurt right now, and then Yusuf Nurkic is a good center for that team. That team still scares me. They're just not gelling yet, but I think they're going to be a, a team to watch because they actually have been playing pretty well even without all three superstars playing at the same exact time. The other the other guy that I'll point out, I've already pointed this out before, Gitmo is the Warriors. The Warriors <laughs> don't look now, but they're in second place in the West right now. I mean, the number right. one team actually they're number. Three in the West. I'll take that back. They're number three because, surprisingly, the Dallas Mavericks are actually the number two team, along with the number one team with the Denver Nuggets. That I, I did not see De uh, Dallas Mavericks being that good, at least, especially because for the most part their team is exactly the same as last year. I think they're just maybe gelling better. Maybe it's just their schedule. But the Warriors, they currently, and I brought this up, they currently have the best bench in the NBA from a from a statistical standpoint, from a net rating standpoint. They have the best bench. And primarily it's because of Chris Paul. Right now, the Chris Paul experiment on the second team for the uh, for the Warriors, it's been a resounding great, great uh, 
uh, uh, results have been shown so far. And, you know, it shows that you have somebody who rarely turns the ball over, which was a big issue with them last year when they had Jordan Poole. Right. Poole was, you know, he was this very streaky shooter, good offensive player, but he turned the ball over. And and, and, and turn up, the Warriors were, like, ranked almost dead last in turnovers last year. Yet, you know, their, their starting five were considered the best in the whole entire NBA. So I think right. Paul has definitely helped them out uh, tremendously. And the last one that I'll, I'll, I'll point out are the Kings. The Kings are struggling right now. And the Kings, I, yeah. I put them as a playoff team, and primarily because De'Aaron Fox has been hurt. He's missed his last three games. Without, the, I mean, they got blown out tonight by the by the, the Houston Rockets. And the Houston Rockets were a losing team. They're an up-and-coming team. They have some good talent on that team. They have uh, Dylan Brooks. They have Fred Van Vliet. But, you know, they... They they got killed by twenty five points. You know the the twenty five points the the Sacramento Kings lost. Right, uh, right. But it, it's one game in a long game, season. But still, yeah. that's a little shocking. If that happened to the Warriors getting beat by twenty five points, I would be kind of concerned. If that happened to Denver Nuggets, you'd be like, what the hell? Even though it's one game, you're like, what? <laughs> right. So yeah. it's it still matters. You know, from a psyche standpoint. Yeah, I mean they can they have a lot of runway to make up for that. But still, it's a little alarming when a, a team that was. The third best team in the NBA last year gets beat by 25 by an up and coming team like that. Yeah, the NBA can happen any week. It's a week to week thing or a day to day thing. You just never know, right? But those are the main right. things. Um, the the thing that I didn't see coming from the West is the Memphis Grizzlies. I did not see the Memphis Grizzlies losing six games in a row. They finally won a game. They 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 beat Portland uh, in a back to back. They they lost the first game to Portland, then they won the second game, but they barely beat them. Uh, it took like heroic performance by Desmond Bain to pull it out, but. You know that that concerns me. They they, they miss a little bit of swagger from John Morant and Dylan Brooks, both of the, and of course they 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 they've lost Stephen Adams for for the year because of a, a knee surgery that he had. But something's wrong there. I mean that team I had up there in the top you know five in, in the in the West, but they're they're struggling right now and they're still they're struggling to find themselves um, in the East. So in the East, the Celtics definitely look like the team to beat. We've brought this up multiple times. They're they're they're, they're they they play about six. Uh, six people deep, you know, because their starting five, you know, consists of Derek White, uh, Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, Jason Tatum, Christoph Porzingis. Those are the starting five, and it's a huge. I mean, those guys are great. But then they have Al Horford coming off the bench at number six, and then after that, it's a bunch of no names. You know, Sam Hauser, <laughs> yeah, whatever else, right? So you're like, okay, if something happens with one of those main guys, that team could be screwed. But they are, they lost their first game tonight, by the way. They were their only undefeated team left. They lost tonight. Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember reading that. Yeah. yeah. They were the only undefeated team left. And the team that they lost to were the Minnesota Timberwolves, which was one of the teams that I put in the top eight. And Minnesota Timberwolves just took out the Denver Nuggets and gave Denver Nuggets their first loss as well. So they just beat two behemoths of a team, the, probably the, arguably the best team in the East and definitely the best team in the West in back-to-back games. The Minnesota Timberwolves have done that. So kudos to them for coming out and doing that. Um, the other thing on the East that I'll point out are the Sixers. You know, I already brought up that the, the trade that they did in order to get, uh, get rid of James Harden and they got some of these other players. These other players are going to be contributing right away, and they just blew out a Washington Wizards team tonight. And Joel Embiid had like 47, 48 points. I mean, he went off. And all these other ancillary p- players that came from the Clippers, they helped out and contributed. So I think this team has gotten a lot better since the James Harden uh, trade. And I, w- I would say that I, I had him ranked in the in the top three. I still keep him at top three because of what happened. Uh, the Bucks, they're still adjusting. I mean, Damian Lillard, they won tonight. Uh, but Damian right. Lillard and, and Bucks are still kind of adjusting. They have a new coach, too, Adrian Griffin. You know, they lost uh, Mike Bodenholzer. You know, we don't know 
you know, how much time it, it's going to take for them to click. But, you know, they have the talent. Chris Chris Middleton is on that team. He's an all-former all-star. But Chris Middleton is, you know, he's he's getting older, and he's actually currently on a ministry restriction. They lost Grayson Allen. You know, uh, we just yeah. don't know how well this team is going to uh, uh, coalesce. You know, they're still working through it, but they have Damian Lillard and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And definitely their, their production from a fantasy standpoint has definitely taken a hit because they're still trying to figure out how to work together. And the thing that I didn't see happening in the East, the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic. <laughs> the Orlando Magic have been winning, and they've been playing. They just beat the Lakers the other night pretty handily. So um, they're, they're, they're Paolo Banquero, who came from, you know, I'm saying, I don't know why they say Banquero. I think, I think it's Banchero. The way it's spelled is B-A-N-C-H-E-R-O. That's Banchero, man. How do they say Banquero? I gotta, I gotta ask a Brazilian guy about that if they actually pronounce it. Oh, way. oh, I can tell you why. Because it's not Spanish; it's Portuguese, Eddie. Yeah, do they, do they, do they pronounce it that way? I, you know, I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> I've been to Brazil a few times, and oh my God, it's beautiful. In fact, I went and saw the big Christ thing. That's a long trip up. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, oh yeah, it's true about the women. Oh, anyway, well, go into that. Yeah, I, when I go there, if you speak Spanish, you can understand and talk. <laughs> Back and forth, but it's a completely different language. There's a lot of words you don't understand, but you can understand enough in certain words. So I would imagine it's the CH is probably done differently in Portugal. It Maybe. would be the only explanation for that. I got to ask my, my, my coworker who uh, is my, my applications engineer at work. He's Brazilian. I always forget to ask him, but this is something I'm going to ask him. So every time I see people call him banquero, I'm like, banquero, it's banchero, man. But anyway, anyway, so the, the, the Orlando Magic have been playing very, very well for a team that I did not see do anything this year. Uh, they definitely have the talent in the the, the Duke Blue Devil, uh, Paolo Banchetto. I'll say that until <laughs> right. Then they have Franz right. uh, Franz Wagner, who uh, is from Michigan. Uh, his brother also plays on the same team. And then Jalen Suggs, remember him from Gonzaga. And then uh, yep. also Cole Anthony, who is uh, uh, Greg Anthony's son. He plays on that team as well. And they're they're, they're telling pretty well. They're actually playing pretty well, and their defense is actually pretty well. So I did not see that happening from you know. And I, I still don't put them in my top eight. But just they're a team to look out for. So that's you know, it, it's just funny, Eddie. We haven't heard anything from the Orlando Magic since Shaq left. Yeah, I know. And, it, and my point is, it shows how much small market teams can struggle to bring in a franchise player to their organization if they don't get them in the draft. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. But anyway, so, you know, I, I don't have any time. I didn't have enough time to put together the, the Fandle stuff. You know, we can do that at a later segment later in the year, in the week. Um, just to get get through that, but I actually did really good in Vandal last week. I actually won in consecutive days. I won like 50, 150, 40, and then 80 bucks in consecutive days. Wow! So, hold on, man. I've been I've been on right now. So well, uh, we're gonna figure it out, Eddie. That's for sure. We will right. figure it out. In fact, the reason I don't want it on this show is because it's one and done. So, so we have to figure out a way to maximize people hearing your voice yep. and maybe come just a 60 second or a two, three minute clip we post yeah. up. So we're, we're going to, to the audience, we're going to talk about that. So Freddie's, or Freddie, Eddie's FanDuel picks will be coming your way soon. Eddie, any more uh, in, in terms of trans players, anything of that nature? Nope. I, re, I, I said what I needed to say. I've already called out who I think are going to be the most valuable player. You know, who's the most approved player. You laughed in my face about you know, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who was it? Who was it, man? Uh, the most approved player. I can't remember who Ben it was. Simmons, yeah. man. Ben. Yeah, Ben. 
<laughs> you know, I, hey, hey, Guillermo, I'm gonna put another. You already, you already own a pupusa uh, dinner, man. You know, I, I'll probably get that sometime in the next five, six years when I go to San Diego. But I'm gonna bet Actually, you. Actually, we'll get it when you come down with your daughter one time. All right, man. All right, she, hey, San Diego State. She might, she might go there. You never know. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. If she yeah. comes down, yeah. yeah. But yes, yes, yes. I made fun of Ben Simmons, and I still stick to my guns on that. Ben Simmons, is my play. Remember that. I know hoops. Ben Simmons. I you, Andy, but most I know Ben Simmons. He will be the most improved player this year if he stays healthy. Mark my word. You know, nobody's I just think he lost the will to play. I think he got bitch slapped down the road. I, and I read an article where a former player was saying that. Hey, this kid's just soft. You know, it's like, sure, he's injured, yeah. but he does, you know, and, and kind of, you know, I don't know, the, the, the Sean Watson, the NBA, I don't know. Hey, the whole, the whole mental health issue is real. I mean, Kevin Love kind of put that in the forefront, you know, a few years back. No, no, I get that. I get that. But but I call bull. I call bull on that. Because, but no, no, hold on. I call bull on him because if that was the case, no team would have signed him for that amount of money. So, you know, good and well, his agent were saying, hey, he's not, there's no issues here. He's a, you know, because you're right. I do know about mental illness. I worked after the military at a couple of nonprofits, and what they did is they did assisted living for uh, 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 the, the so they would teach individuals how to live. Uh, they call it assisted living with minimal help, but live on their own. So no, no, you're right. It's a serious issue, but I, I have buy it. With, I don't know what's real and what's not real with Ben Simmons. Is my point. Yeah, uh, yeah, but what's uh, real? He's gonna be the most improved player. You're gonna owe me another pupusa dinner, man. When I see you. All right, all right. And with that, my friends, let me do take care of some uh, official business here. First of all, Eddie, as always, thank you. Thank you to the audience. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week. Same bad times, same bad channel. Oh my God, that's from the 1960s and 70s now. <laughs> <laughs> but but don't forget, visit us at GrumliesMedia.com for articles and other podcasts including Fired Up, which is my political podcast, The Big Questions with Big John, which is our interview show, and Free For All, which is our libertarian show that I love and hate because it drives me nuts at times, but it's a good, fun show. If you want to see these beautiful mugs of ours, YouTube and Rumble, our moniker there is Grumley's Media. And for the traditionalists, you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Pandora. Type in points on the board or Grumblings Media, and you should be able to track us down. Eddie, my friend, until next week and our next points on the board episode, I bid you adieu. Adios, Guillermo. Peace out. <laughs>